Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So for any of you guys listening over the last, I don't know, since the beginning of the year, probably you would know that I've been a bit on a mission to like make more intentional friendships this year. And we all heard about Jim Girl. Yeah. There's several relationships started. But I wanted to ask Emily some questions about friendship today but that she doesn't know is happening. <laughs> Just to get her take on stuff. Because okay. there was a couple things that were said as like an aside. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, how do other people approach this? So mm-hmm. my first question is. How often do you have to talk to someone to classify them as a friend? Oh, I don't have an oftenness. At least, yes, I mean, do. I have different like circles of like hierarchies of friends. Okay, well, tell me ranges. I mean, there are some people I would talk to like multiple times a day. That's a very close friend, like, a very close friend. There are people who then move into like maybe once a week, and those are still close friends, but we're just like not the type who like text or talk that often, but they like watch my stories every single day or they'll react to things. But I would say like, cause I have had a friendship that's kind of just like dissolved naturally on its own. And it was, we went from talking maybe a couple times a week to a couple times a month to then, you know, th- there would be weeks and months that would go by. And then the, one of us would still feel kind of obligated, like every couple of months to just do like a proof of life kind of, Hey, how are you? Like kind of check in. But I think it's been over a year now since either one of us have done that. And I would say that a friendship has kind of closed its chapter. Okay, so I had a feeling you would say what you did say, but I want to tell you, and for those of you listening, you're probably, not all of you, but I would imagine some of you relate. I didn't realize that you had adult friendships that you talked to every day, other than like, I knew you probably talked to Amanda every day. And I know you talked to me because we work together. But like, aside from that, I didn't realize that that was a frequency that was even 
an option for adult friendship for every day. Yeah. Oh, I have multiple friends that I talk to every day. How many people do you talk to every day? Because I think a lot of people are going to find this shocking. Okay. One, are we counting my, we're not counting my like husband. No. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Wow. Yeah. Every day. What do you talk about? So one is we send each other a bunch of reels and like funny, just like it's Amy. So it's like a lot of book related things or a lot of like humor in that regard. Obviously, Amanda, who's my ride or die. Yeah. And that's just like, no, I no. stay to yeah, that's not surprising. Like, no. <laughs> it's irrelevant texting. And then another one is Maddie, who we're, you know, we're flying out to California for her wedding. Her and I, Marco Polo. So video chat every single day and we'll text each other. Another is a friend from college, high school, college, junior high. It's Cassidy. We text every day. Just, we mostly gossip. We talk about other people. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I put you on there because even though we talk work every day, we, no, no, I feel I know. Like we talk life every day also. No, we totally do. But so you and my sister, which doesn't even count to me, and my husband, and mom are the only people I talk to every day. Yeah. And so, oh, my mom too. Yeah. So but I didn't realize this literally until last week. And I don't know how I pieced it together, but it was something you said. And I was like, wait, she has adult friendships that she talks to every day. And I was very surprised by this. So I don't know if I'm in the minority or if Emily is just a really good friend to her really good friends. No. But I would love for you guys to message me on my personal Instagram. Uh, Abigail says, I'm just genuinely curious because I don't know if I'm just like a quiet person or if I literally just don't have anything to say. So my thing is, is in the same sense that I'm out of sight, out of mind with physical objects, I am the same way with people too. If you don't make your presence known, I will literally forget that you exist. And so I wanted to do better at that. This was probably a year and a half or so ago where I was starting to feel like my friends were forgetting me and not checking in with me or saying Uh things, but it was in my full control to do that. And so I took the responsibility and I literally set a phone reminder. It still goes off every single day, 6 p.m. And it says, I can't remember the prompt now because it's a prompt for me to do multiple things. I have the habit built now. Oh, it's called one second a day. That's all it is. It's in my calendar every single day at 6 p.m., one second a day. And in that second, there's an app that I use to upload photos or videos that I take. And so it will eventually create like a year-long photo album or video. So I do that. And then I text my friends. If I haven't already texted them by 6 p.m., that's when I text them. And it's just now such a routine. Well, so this in compounding with, I had a conversation. So I, I did go to breakfast with people I would consider friends. And they're definitely not people I talk to all the time. Like, you know, every three to six months, probably. And one of the things that my friend Carrie Lynn said, because Heather was talking about how she was sad that she didn't have as many friends in her neighborhood, which I found incredibly surprising because she has small kids and the neighborhood she lives in has like, there's it's crawling with children. I probably text my neighbor Chelsea every day too. I bet you do. Mm -hmm. I am almost positive on that. 
And Carrie Lynn was like, no, I felt the same way when we moved in, but I think it's so important to like be the change you want to see. And so she was talking about how she like started inviting her cul-de-sac people like to come over to her house and all this stuff. And I think my challenge just to like voice my, my like dirty laundry is that I just find I just find it incredibly hard to have people that like I can relate to on a daily basis because most of the time what they have to talk about is their children and so I don't have very many single friends I also don't have very many single friends without kids or friends with a partner without kids and so I think that's part of my communication stopgap but anyway I was just curious Mm -hmm. and I also probably text Megan every day Stop it. Apparently, I'm really good at friends, you guys. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't I think, think there's probably seven people that I text every day. And the reason that I find that so surprising is if you are friends with Emily long enough, she will talk about how many unread text messages she has and like how, you know. Well, here's my trick to that is I just add everyone I want to text with every single day to my favorites. I have nine people in my favorites. And if you're not there, you're probably not going to text every day. Because again, I don't, you're in the sea of everything else. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. Interesting. Wow. Well, I love this for me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't think you even realized how I didn't communicate. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just a real testament to, cause I was like surprised at how close you were with some of your friends. And I was like, how is that possible? Like. Yeah. And it's because you communicate. Well, and here's the last thing I'll add to this, and then we can move on. I was chatting about this with Amy the other day because, you know, that group of women who I know in that circle are a big group, like they're friends from college or a big group of people. But Amy still is really introverted and reserved and like is very, very, very mindful of her energies. And I would say I am too, but not to the level that Amy is. And she was kind of talking to me of how, you know, we have to try, we as a collective, we do have to try to go out of our way and like spend time with our friends and stay committed to dates and on and on. You know, we have an every other month book club that we organize and schedule and actually show up for. We're going on vacation together, all of those things. But I think she asked me kind of something similar of like, I didn't know you hung out with this person or saw this person or did this because I've tried to build like some of my own personal relationships within that larger group. Yeah, right. Close to them. Right. And so what I told Amy, I committed to this, this was probably six or seven months ago at this point. Again, I was feeling like I haven't seen my friends together in a while. Why aren't we getting together? Why isn't anyone organizing anything? What are we doing? And again, I took responsibility for it. And instead of, cause it is a lot for me to organize and plan and like do all the stuff. And I don't love that part. But what I did commit to was unless it's a, I'm like cramping and dying or we have a pre-commitment. I say yes every single time. Oh, and same. So, like if someone calls me, like this happened really recently. Some One of them called, I think it was actually Amy because we were talking about it that night. She called and was just like, hey, do you want to do dinner tonight? Yes, absolutely I do. Because I know that I have a partner who 100% supports my friendships. Like, like he supports it more than I do. That's how I got to this point and is encouraging me and has encouraged me to leave the house, go on the friend date, do the things with your friends. And so if I come to him and I'm like, Hey, last minute, but I'm going to do dinner with Amy. He's like, Oh, 
absolutely. Like it's not even a problem. And so I know I'm supported in my yeses. Well, I'm fascinated on so many fronts, but it's definitely inspired me to be better. I do think there are some things that I feel good about doing that, you know, took some time, but like our friend group from college is now frequently in communication. It's not every day, but I would say multiple times a week, we're all talking and none of them are here. So like the fact that we're communicating that frequently when they're not in town feels really good. And we do like virtual girls night on zoom and stuff. But Anyway, I'm inspired to be a better friend. Thank well, you, Emily. And the thing, let's see, I'm looking up the episode number. We did, oh, yeah. uh, we had a great episode last year, episode 579, How to Make Real Friends as a Business Owner with Danielle Jackson. Danielle Jackson is a phenomenal coach, leader, speaker on literally how to have adult friends and how to nurture them and have start conversations and stay in touch and all the things. And I remember that episode being, and honestly, that might have been when I'm like, I need to commit to like saying yes and doing these things. Cause I would always be the person that's like, no, I don't feel like perfectly up for that. So I'm not going to do it. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. Cause I know that if I spend the time to get ready and do the thing, once I'm there, I will be happy that I'm there. It's the like getting there. That's hard for me sometimes, but Okay. Well, I could talk about adult friendship stuff all day long. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I I mean, I think this next conversation is more relationship-based than perhaps you would <laughs> expect. But I want to talk about how sales isn't your problem. And I am seeing so many business owners who get to a certain stage who really think the answer to scaling is more cash. And while cash is definitely a component, it is not the primary problem. And so I want to start first by talking a little bit about growth versus scaling. Yeah, we've had a, I think we did a whole episode where we did talk about the difference between growth and scaling because they're kind of used interchangeably in this industry, but they're not the same. And so I want you to first, let me try to look up that episode to see, because I know we explained it really well. Do you remember like when we did that? Mm. (laughs) Or do you want to summarize your point? Well, my point is, so growth is primarily around financial changes in your business and revenue changes and scaling is more- 719. 719. Awesome. And scaling is more about the actual- architecture, the behind the scenes Uh operations of how your business is pieced together, not only from like a framework of who is managing who, but also in the systems that hold your business together, the operations that help you produce whatever it is that you're selling, etc. And so much of what people assume they need to be doing on scaling is they're so focused on growing their revenue, that I think they forget all the foundational pieces that are required for the revenue growth. And I have found when people do put the time and energy into some of these behind the scenes things, that they're surprised by how quickly the revenue does follow. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? 
I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm honestly bamboozled every time we see a client kind of go through that transition because nearly everyone walks through our doors thinking, oh, if I could just make, you know, this many more tens of thousands of dollars every month, then like I would feel like I've reached that milestone or I I would reach that financial milestone. I would be able to pay myself more. I would be able to do these things. And it's kind of one of those like you get yourself to a point. And you can get yourself to a point by yourself, lacking the systems, lacking the architecture. And then you're going to be like, okay, so I just need to like double down and like do everything that I've already done, but like 
times it by two or three or four, whatever you're wanting to reach that goal. And we think that that's quote unquote, all that we need to do in order to reach that. But when our clients come in and we're like, just like, let's just put a little pause in that game plan. And let's look at the architecture behind the scenes of what's actually going to support you when you do reach that and getting some of these systems in place and workflows in place and automations in place. And almost just like, I kind of think about them as like the SOP for literally how you're doing business, like not individual SOPs, but like, how's this whole shit being operated? Yeah. And, and defining what that looks like. Yeah. The business as a whole needs yeah. needs a plan. And, you know, I find that in terms of revenue, the stopgap happens for different people at different mm-hmm. times. But yeah. I would say consistently, it's somewhere between twenty and $35,000 months yeah. that people start to feel this like pressure that there's no way they can get past X point. And they feel like it's a ceiling. And in so many ways, it absolutely is because you're tapped out of time. Like you have completely hit capacity. You're consistently getting sales and you're delivering. But then by the time you're done delivering, you're back in a sales cycle again. And you're kind of repeating this flow over and over again. And our goal is to help people scale past this point by really understanding the overall operations of their business and the components needed to systematize, productize, et cetera, so that they can bring on the right support to grow and scale. It's productizing literally everything, not just your product, but how you develop, you know, a marketing and sales strategy, how you're onboarding a team member, how you hire someone, how you look at your organizational chart, how you look at your offer, the pricing, how many leads and sales and conversations you need to be having. Everything is productized into this system that while it evolves and changes as you get more data and truth, it is a very much you will be able to say, if this happens, then this will happen. The funny thing is, because people are so focused on the sales components, I see a lot of people very temporarily break past their own ceiling. They'll do some sort of like launch effort of sorts. And they'll have this big blip in revenue, but like immediately it comes back to where they were before. And they're like, what the heck? I don't understand how to break past it. And it's because these things aren't in place. And I understood systems and framework. I mean, Emily and I became known on the internet for our training on project management. That's how we started this business. and. Ultimately, project management has turned into so many other aspects of operations and sales behind the scenes where we're talking everything from pricing and packaging structure to how your organization runs. But I even still, with that emphasis, didn't realize how much would change the more people we had in the business. Oh, yeah. Because it can work at a certain stage. Uh And then like you get three employees and everything changes. And then you get, I think I remember one of our coaches at the time said something like, oh, well, when you hire that next person, everything's going to break. And we're like, "Mm, okay. And then everything broke. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
everything. And I feel like I know we've talked about those breaking points before, but I feel like it was like three, five, seven, ten. Yeah, 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 definitely. And And then then I think after that, it's probably every five. Yeah. And that number is different for us because we already start with two. Like there's already two of us. So yours is is probably going to be two. And then, you know, it's change at three. Yours might be a little bit different. We're working through a client right now who's had a full-time employee for a while. And so she's like, no, no, no. I know what to do. I've got this. Like, here's how we chat and here's what we do. And I'm like, you need to literally change everything. As you expand your team, when you bring on a third body into this little group right now, you're a click and you can't do that with more people. No. Yeah. Not that you can't talk about things that are not work related, but you need channels and mechanisms to do so that are work appropriate because you have to watch what your relationship looks like. And I know Emily and I even over the years have tried to figure out what is the appropriate level of relationship. And I think at this point we have a distinct way of knowing when we're in work mode and when we're in friend mode and we can switch back and forth in a healthy manner. But But we also know that like one of us will straight up tell the other person, like this is a personal event thing and I need to have this conversation first or, you know, whatever. And that has also been really helpful. Yeah. And it's important to know what those boundaries look like. But I have really enjoyed focusing on the things that help run the entire business. Because I think individually, when we started hiring, Emily and I had a pretty good understanding that we needed to get clear on what people's job descriptions were and thus you know, train them on their duties. But we were probably already at five or seven people when we started looking at what is the thing we want to do overall Yeah, that is consistent for every role, regardless of who's coming into the business. And I think that's when we saw a big culture shift Mm -hmm. and we're really able to take control of the narrative in a very, very positive way. Because I think people don't realize everyone has a culture regardless if you're intentional about it or not. Yep. And I have enjoyed taking that to the next level. Yeah, I think it, I remember distinctly, we rented an Airbnb and like really hashed out, oh, we actually have to like put a definition behind some of these things that have just been so subconscious for such a long time. And it's when we really got to pick apart our mission, our vision, our values, but also like take it a step further into, okay, if that's what we say, what does that mean? What does that look like every day? What are we going to do when someone isn't living in that value? How do we have that conversation? What does you know, there's like sub values within a company too. And and don't put the pressure on yourself to know right off the hand, every single one of these off the bat. Sometimes you won't know what some of these are until someone breaks a boundary. You didn't realize, you know, that you needed or breaks a value that you realize you needed to explain in a different way. And that's just part of the process, but having your intranet really defined and it's at least a hub for you to be able to communicate those things can ease up that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have liked utilizing it from like 
a goal-oriented standpoint of this is how we would like everything to work, but then also being able to rely on it in individual conversations to help also coach and lead people. Because I was not, well, I understood the concept of management. I was so focused on the actual project management aspect Mm -hmm. of it, where it was like, you need to get XYZ done. And I didn't know... And probably because I never had a boss that really harnessed this aspect of management, but I didn't realize how much was possible by at some point showing up as a coach for your people and like really helping them grow their skill set in a way that's not, you know, I think some people attempt to do this by giving them responsibilities they're not really ready to take on without the proper guidance. But if you do this effectively and appropriately, I am shocked how much it affects their perception of themselves, yeah. their how they think about their own role in the company, their own growth, and how much it keeps them interested in their position, even if their role isn't changing a lot from month to month. Because you can push them in new ways that are in alignment with their roles and responsibilities without, you know, breaking a boundary that's inappropriate. Like we're not pushing past our working hours. We're not having emergent situations. Like there are still ways to quote unquote add on without adding on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I'll remind you too, not you, but people listening that like, I think sometimes we feel like we're adding on to a role, but I want to remind you that it can take months on months on months, if not a year plus for a person to actually feel fully, fully confident and capable and comfortable in their role that you originally outlined. And I encourage you, especially if you've done the work by creating a system to support yourself by properly describing that job description and then the tasks that fall under that job description for you to monitor the progress of that person's role in alignment with their description. We're not giving everyone 100% responsibilities 30 days in, 60 days in, sometimes even 90 days in. There are still things that we're like, we're going to save this aspect or this felt like maybe it's going to be a little bit more coaching needed in order for you to take on this part of the role. And typically you're just adding things that are already in their job description, but more in a formal, coachable manner. Yeah. I think my approach, because I know some of you listening are really holding on to one aspect of this. You're thinking about this and you're like, okay, people operations. Okay. Management. Okay. Project management. Okay. Whatever. This is a thousand feet up. Yeah. This is CEO level decisions. Like planning, uh-huh. putting things together. Not that things don't have to be implemented on those deeper, right, more specific levels, but I'm talking like very overarching for the whole business. And having that view has been interesting because it's so easy as you grow and add more people to get super focused on your day to day. And I know Emily and I have done this was eons ago, but we've I think it was probably when we were talking about like what a CEO really is. Emily should also look up this episode. Yeah, I'll look it up. But 
we talked about how you often have multiple roles in your own business and you have to identify when are you showing up in your job versus CEO versus owner and like how different those roles are. And for this conversation specifically, I am very, very specifically talking about showing up as the CEO. It's episode 653, y'all. What does the CEO actually do? And I think in that episode specifically, like we talked about how you might play various roles. You are going to play various roles as the founder of a micro business, but you have to like literally put on the hat of just the CEO sometimes, just the owner sometimes, just the doer of, you know, maybe you're still the copywriter or whatever. Like sometimes you just have to put that hat on. And so these conversations are sitting in that CEO bucket. Yeah. And if any of this or all of this felt <laughs> overwhelming and you're like, okay, but I do really want to break past the ceiling and I don't yeah. know what it looks like. You don't need to know the answer and we want to help you figure it out alongside yeah. of you. It's okay Not- that you don't know. Like this is the part of like the, t- the other phase of business that not a lot of female led business owners get to. And so if you're here, what an incredible place to be. And it's okay to find the support that you need to to fully figure it out. Yeah, it is absolutely the reason we developed C-Suite On Demand Mm -hmm. and we are continuing to serve CEO level founders, FIM founders of their businesses, help them identify what that ceiling is, how do they break past it, what does it look like, and identifying all of the operational needs that your business has for you to continue to see growth. If you want to have this conversation, talk more about your challenges and what is holding you back from the next level. I want to talk to you. You can go to bossproject.com slash on demand and schedule a time with me to chat. You just fill out a quick form and then it'll take you to my calendar. I really look forward to getting to know you as a CEO and hear more about what you're looking forward to as you continue to scale. You can go to bossproject.com slash on demand, no spaces. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.